Hey, welcome to the New American Storytellers. I'm Shepard Allers, and I'm here with David Altrogi and Mike Hartnett. We are a part of a group of storytellers and filmmakers called Vinegar Hill. We love to get together and talk about creativity, storytelling, and productivity. We do that all the time, just get together and talk. And so we are giving you guys the benefit of being part of those conversations with our podcast. So this week, uh, we are talking about productivity, specifically the magic carpet ride that is inspiration. We've been talking a lot about creativity over the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, what is creativity's best friend? Let me ask you guys that. Let me let me throw that unloaded question out. hands up? To you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mike, creativity's best friend, I don't know, one word. Uh, starts with a P and rhymes with... Productivity. Productivity. Being productivity. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think, uh, and I include myself in this sweeping statement and... Um, if I'm wrong, please email me. But I think most crea- <laughs> I think most people Lots who are sort of wired creatively, oftentimes, at least I struggle with staying focused, being productive, um, being disciplined. Um, but I believe very firmly that discipline and uh, productivity and focus are really what make us even more creative and make our work even better. But there are a lot of myths about creativity, I right. think. There are one of the one of the big ones that I used to think was that uh, creativity was like a fleeting inspiration that if you didn't jump on that magic carpet of inspiration, then you'd be left in the dust and not have not be able to do anything. Right. Uh, what I found and, is and can I can I add to that and, before you uh, can I add uh, yes Aladdin and you have to wait until that magic carpet arrives because I know that I've spent exactly. a lot of time just sort of sitting there and being like hmm I don't feel inspired so I'm just gonna like play Minesweeper until, right. you know, until well, inspiration I've comes. Wasted a lot of time waiting for that moment. And <laughs> also just thinking creativity is something you have to, like you said, wait wait around for. But also that, like, you can't control it. Like, it's this wild beast that, like, you have no power over. Right. Um, like, exactly. if I'm a creative person, then I can't get stuff done until that, that moment strikes. And so I kind of got to, like... Um, be at the whim and beck of that creative impulse. Right, right. And unfortunately, sort of everything you read in, you know, whatever, art history class or in, you know, film history class, like, unfortunately, there's a lot of, I don't I don't know if they're myths or not, or maybe it just worked for some people, but, like, you just, you know, you hear about these, like, famous artists who just sort of, like, lazed around kind of, like, all day and then all of a sudden, like, had the idea to paint Starry Night and, like, in one sort of blaze of inspiration, painted Starry mm-hmm. Night. And just sort of, like, you know, like, and you're like, oh, man, well, if, you know, worked for Van Gogh, it's got to be a right. work for me. And know? it's like, just, like, yeah, countless examples. When Handel's Messiah was supposed to be written, like, a week. <laughs> right. Like, the whole, like, 200 hours of it. Well, here's here's a fun fact. He just, locked himself in a room. Just, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Be up for like well, creativity hours. does strike. Like well, it does come overnight sometimes. The uh, well, it does. But uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, um, he was working on Falling Water and he hadn't done any work on it. And the Kaufmans who had hired him to it were like, "So Frank, how's Falling Water coming? How are the drawings coming?" And he was like, "Oh, it's coming great." And they said, "Great, we'll be over in two days to look at them." So the myth goes. So supposedly he stayed up for like two days and designed Falling Water in two awesome. days, which isn't shout out to Deadline. Which well, and which yeah. isn't helping us prove our point at all. Right, at but this point. But, here's, but here's one thing. I mean, I've heard um, just stories of a, a sculptor who, um, and I just don't honestly uh, uh, remember. Michelangelo, maybe. I think it was Michelangelo. Um, he stared <laughs> at um, at a block of um, granite for I don't know how long. 
Um, probably Marvel. It was, it was months. Maybe yeah, it was probably Marvel. But he stared at it, and <laughs> and you know he was asked over and over when he was actually going to get to work on it, and he said that he was working on it, but he was doing it in his mind, and yes. then he was able to, when it was time to actually you know execute what he'd been working on in his mind, he executed it quickly because he'd done the planning. This is all great and fun talking about Frank Lloyd Wright and Michelangelo and Leonardo. And basically, stuff. undermining we, our initial Right, we're, we're all basically saying wait until it comes. But it for those of us who aren't a Michelangelo or aren't a Frank Lloyd Wright or aren't a, a Da Vinci or DiCaprio. Right. <laughs> so I would say, um, from the experience that I've had, there's two types of creativity. Um, there is the the fleeting, amazing burst of inspiration that you'll have the muse, from time to time. Will. Yeah, uh, that'll come in the night, and when you least expect it, and when you can't control it, and you'll have a great idea, and you should be able to write that down or act on it. So shout out to inspiration, but right. I don't think that that's the only form of creativity. I think that there's another form of creativity which is just as good, and you can actually get way more of it uh, when you learn to control it, which is the constrained creativity um, of learning to force yourself to produce right. uh, under constraints. Um, and those can be deadlines. Um, those can be all kinds of stuff that you force yourself to have constraints and do. Yeah. Um, but I think that if you are creative, if you force constraints in yourself, that you'll pour out creative stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it'll be crap, but you have to. That's where draft mentality and other things that we've talked about start to kick in. Well, the cool, the cool thing is that I've found is that doing that, just pushing yourself to produce work, um, even if it is garbage and even if it is terrible. If you're, you know, you give yourself a deadline and you're just pushing yourself to do it. Oftentimes, that is in those moments are where I find. I have that burst of inspiration. Just an idea that wouldn't have come to me if I'd just been sitting on my butt, you know, watching Netflix or whatever. And to be perfectly honest, like if you think about it, the times when you had those creative inspiration bursts oftentimes are when you already have the deadline there and you sort of need to produce that idea right. to start out with. So like in college, working on that project, like you're going to have it at 2 in the morning the night before you have to deliver <laughs> because like you procrastinated and you didn't do anything until then so of course you're going to have like that that brilliant idea then right um so i think that if learning to control your inner crazy creative is an awesome thing and that's where productivity comes into play right but let me play the devil's out of it we got more, the devil here got isn't, the devil. It, isn't it more pure to have that inspiration when wait wait can you pause and please carry on with the British accent? Isn't, isn't it <laughs> more pure Good. to have this inspiration? And my voice cannot carry this on. I must <laughs> talk like this now. Um, no, isn't it, isn't it like when you have this? Like, <laughs> you have the inspiration. that was inspiration though. That was yeah, creative inspiration. Was, was that, was, that was a good example. It was captured on the air. Yep. Anyway, sorry, Shep. Go ahead. Um, when you have that inspiration that comes to you at the at the craziest times, um, I, at least I, I used to think, and sometimes still think that that's like the pure inspiration. That is inspiration that was just like handed to me on a scroll and that's what I need to do. Like right. I've been waiting for it and it came to me. It's kind of an ethereal experience. You have, uh, you know, maybe a tight deadline but you're still waiting and waiting to work until like, ah, oh, bam, right. like there you have it. Or yeah. no deadline or whatever. Um, but you're saying, Mike, if, let me let me just be sure I'm getting you right. You're saying you can actually like make it a discipline. You can bottle creativity like like it's it's actually inside of me it's something I have to wait to be given right I think that just as many times as you have uh, pure inspiration 
creativity form, like it's just a crap idea anyway. Like <laughs> I would say, you know, like well, yeah, because like you have these great, you have these great ideas, and David, we've had this happen a lot, uh, where one of us will like come into the office and be like really excited about something, and then pitch it, and it's just not that thrilling when you turn the lights on. <laughs> well, or if it's for me generally, it's like I'll have an amazing idea. And then I'll be like, oh, this is awesome. I got I, I to gotta write it down now. And I start to like write it down. And then as I start to like execute, I'm like, oh, okay, this is still going to take a ton of work anyway. Like it's not like pure ideas. I mean, unless you work in some field where your ideas, you can execute them within like five minutes. Generally, it's still going to take a ton of work anyway. Right. Um, and then come in a bow. Right. The pure inspiration is awesome. But I would say it's just as pure. And generally, just as inspired if it comes out of just sweat and hard work because mm-hmm. well, most like if you study creative people's habits most excellent writers write every day right like that that's just right, the they habit of a creative write person. once every 10 years where they feel when like they have it. the idea yeah. there are yeah. there are the exceptions right there are the exceptions are. but, but generally, you're not the exception generally maybe you are and please you're not harper call us whatever Harper Lee. Um, <laughs> call us if you are the exception 1-800 new american storytellers <laughs> slash inspired. Um, we're looking for the chosen. So I think I think the question is, how do you make creativity happen? Because we're saying, and I, what I firmly believe, is that you can make creativity happen. Yeah. And you are responsible to, especially if you're a professional, um, but I'd say even if you have any talent or gifting, you have a responsibility to get off your butt and start doing stuff. Um, I don't generally have a lot of respect for artists who are like, well, I'm just waiting for that perfect idea. I'm just waiting for that perfect film. Because in my mind, I I remember talking to a guy, and he's like, he was working some job that he didn't really like that much, and he was a filmmaker, and he was saying, you know, I'm just waiting until I have that perfect idea that's worth sacrificing everything, and then I'll go do it. And I had the thought, I was like, this poor guy, he's never going to do it, because, like, you're never going to have that perfect idea that you're just... I'm going to throw it all away and just do it. I mean, I have way more respect for the people who get up every day and who work their butt off and who maybe feel inspired 1% of the time and are just working 99% of the time. Yeah, so Edison. How, how do you, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. So how do you make, how do you make creativity happen? Or how, how, what are some things that can put yourself in a position to be ready for creativity? Well, I'm reading this book called The Accidental Creative by Todd Henry, and I'm only like three chapters into it, so I can't but, really speak but for But you've the been coming whole, in every day, and you're like, I have you been have really to read excited this book. about it. Right. Uh, and what he's been saying is the process of creativity is something that you can manage. Yeah. And not only that, but being a creative person doesn't mean you're volatile. It doesn't mean that you um, like sure. can't, <laughs> I guess, control your creative urges and uh, need to be creative. You you have to create an environment. Um, where you can be creative and also learn what the creative rhythms are. Right. So that you can act on them, but also be consistent. Because right. if you're not prolific, then you're inconsistent. And I guess most most managers would look at you as being kind of a wild card. Like this, One hit like wonder. how can I hire a creative person? Because they, they, they're not consistent right. enough to actually consistently turn out work. And, and you don't want to be one of those machines that just like, I'm, you know, just make the same thing every time and just put a stamp on it and it's done. But you really want to be um, coming out with these like one of a, one of a lifetime ideas all the time. Well, I mean, look, some of the artists that I respect the most are guys who are super consistent. Christopher Nolan has had a film every two years since Memento, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Every two years and each film, I think, is just 
continuing to grow mm-hmm. in its innovation and creativity. And that, that's so, a learned creativity. Right. And that's not just, Chris isn't just sitting on his butt in LA just being like, well, I'll just wait for my next film to just come to me. I mean, it, so you can do it. So mm-hmm. what, do, what have we found <coughs> helpful in managing creativity in not just saying, well, I'll see you guys when I have creativity and I'm just going to stay at home until then? Because we come to work every day, we try to get here at eight, and we try to be creative for eight hours. And some days we're more creative than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some days so, we just manage the office. Yeah. Well, I think uh, at least something I would start with is, and this has been really helpful, um, is just deadlines. I mean, it's such an old-fashioned thing, and um, but like deadlines have helped us immensely in being creative. Deadlines have never gone out of fashion. You will always have deadlines. Right. But Absolutely. self-imposed deadlines. I mean, you know, self-imposed deadlines are are awesome. You know, because if I know, okay, I have an hour to get a creative brief written for a client, then I'm going to work my butt off. And it might not be it might not be the best creative brief, but I'm going to get as be- as good a creative brief I can get in an hour. And then mm. I'll revise it. I'll come back, I'll come back to it and revise mm-hmm. it. But like deadlines help so much like giving yourself deadlines because you have to break down that hour into small bites and small manageable goals mm-hmm. which you would do if you had a day you just stretch out that same process to a 24 hour period and that's a truth the work that you have will fit the time that you give it right so if you have a week to do a paper like it'll get done in a week <laughs> does it need a week to get done i don't think so but if you give yourself an hour to do it, like you might not be the best thing that you've ever done, but you'll have a finished something yeah. if you stick yourself to that goal, and then you'll be able to make it better from there. And that's where I think that it's really good to do what you're saying. You have to like give yourself uh, incremental goals, break it down, uh, give yourself that first step that's going to put you ahead, and, right. and not uh, just stretch out the work to fill whatever uh, deadline is being imposed on you. Yeah. So cool. some, something we, we've been trying to do here at Vinegar Hill is just when we're working on projects together, just ask ask ourselves the question, all right, so what is your sort of midday goal? What's your end of the day goal? Um, and sometimes it's terrifying when we have it when we're just mm-hmm. starting out on a massive project. Um, but it's really helpful to just say, okay, here's what I'm, here's where I'm going to be by noon. I'm going to try to you know, have all the footage strung out or I'm going to try to have all the footage organized by noon. Um, and then I'm going to have a rough cut by the end of the day or, or whatever. What's and ha- crucial mm-hmm. to success for that is both having like a concrete number of your deadline, not just like a later today. Right. Uh, that doesn't work. Like say by noon. And then the other half of it is what exactly is it? It's not like I'll just have more progress done on my, mm. my project. It's I'm going to get to this specific thing. So if you're sculpting, Fill in the blank. I uh, will chop this arm into existence, um, right. or whatever. I'll have this scene cut together. Um, if you're editing a film, so to give yourself, because that way you know if you actually made your goal or not. Um, right. And you can't cheat yourself. You can't lie to yourself and say, "Oh yeah, I'm hitting all my goals." Well, nothing feels better than having a goal accomplished. Like, yeah. To absolutely. actually be able to fin- say, "I finished a project," or "Finished a part portion of a project." And can concretely say, "Hey, that's that's actually done. I can move on," is a great feeling. So, but I have a confession for you guys. Oh boy! You go on. Oh boy! On um, air full disclosure makes full me disclosure. makes me a little nervous, guys. I haven't hit any of my headlines. I I did not write yesterday, and and that that I didn't write the day before. Boo. I didn't write the day before Boo. that. Get out! 
<laughs> and I've been telling I myself. Out. I've, I've been, been telling my trash. Well, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> okay, Shaz, there's a lot of You're confessions confessing here. for things. I confess <laughs> on the air. Um, but but that the goal that I had set for myself was to write every day, mm-hmm. and I haven't been doing that. So I haven't been holding myself to that goal because right. we had that plane ride, Sacramento, and I had just ideas coming to me and talking to you, David, was able to put some of those down. And I was like, after that, I was like, yes. Like, after this trip, I'm totally going to write every day. And I didn't. Right. Well, again, I think there's, that's uh, every day, I'm going to write every day is a very sort of like just ambiguous goal, which I can understand it's why. true. Why mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Because it's, it's huge, day. but it's like, oh my gosh, there's no. How, yeah, you could fix that by maybe saying, I'm going to write a page every at eight o'clock every morning. Or or you could fix it by saying, I mean, one thing you could fix it by saying is like, okay, I'm going to write a sentence every day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the, the important thing is, yeah. even like break it down to something you know you can do. I'm just gonna try to write one sentence. Even if it's um, <clears throat> the this amazing book that I'm reading called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. She talks about, she has on her desk a little one inch by one inch frame. And whenever she's sitting down to write a novel, feeling completely overwhelmed, what she does is she looks at that frame and she says, okay, right now all I have to write is what I can see in that one inch by one inch frame. So whether that's awesome. like, I'm just going to describe this character's jacket this morning. That's all I'm mm-hmm. going to do. Or I'm just going to describe his arrival at the train station. Like, And that's that's my goal for this morning. You know what I mean? Rather than like, oh my gosh, I have this, I have to write 800 pages for this novel. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives herself, she calls it, you know, give yourself small writing assignments. So that's been... Really helpful for me is just thinking like, okay, I'm just going to try to, things are really crazy right now just with work and um, just a lot going on, but I'm going to try to write a sentence every day. Like, uh, she described it like practicing piano scales or like with a, you know, just like, it's like scales. You just got to do it every day. You might not be able to do it for an hour every day. You might not be able to do it for 10 minutes, but, you know. So, So you got, you give yourself deadlines, attainable goals, like in trying to make yourself be creative. Is there anything else that we found helpful or that people we know do, the people we respect, that make them creative? Mm. <laughs> something my dad would always say, shout out to dads, is uh, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. And uh, excuse that I often use is, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Junk, man, that's a junk excuse. Well, I mean, and it can be legitimate when <laughs> you right, do buddy. have a lot going on, but uh, the reality is you can make small goals in between things, yeah. like there's always time uh, to do like small 15 minute, half an hour goals. Um, like instead of watching TV or uh, instead of, uh, you know, doing Facebook, I could I could actually be writing a sentence. Right. Or, um, I mean, how many sentences do you write on Facebook or Twitter a day? I'm just right, asking, yeah, like that's right. just a question to ask yourself, like, and Ooh, a conviction. lot of times, a lot How's of times, that, where's that going to? Well, and a lot of times those take a lot of thought. I mean, people they think do. about, like, I've, I, and myself included, have sat and thought, like, I want to get this tweet right. I want Writing it to be on the canvas really funny. changing internet. And it's well, like. that's great. I mean, it does exercise your mind. But, yeah, but I mean, what are you really accomplishing? Why not exercise your mind in writing a screenplay or a novel or, right. yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. Right. Or a well, sculpture. Yeah, I mean, my dad, my dad always used to say basically the same thing. Like, generally, the people who are the most productive are oftentimes the people who have the least amount of like free time. The people who are have the most going on. And my dad is an example of that. Of just with his music and painting and writing, he is just insanely prolific. Like, just has released over the last you know ten years ten different. 10 different albums, you know, he's re- recorded himself 10 different albums, painted dozens of paintings, you know, 
he writes on a blog religiously, and it's just he's insanely productive. Mike, you were headed. You you wanted to break down. You were headed. It seemed like you wanted to break down some of these things we were talking about even further. The whole concept of productivity, I think, is not like an end to itself. Like for some folks, it is, and those folks go on to write books and probably just talk about productivity like, <laughs> the rest of their life. Right. Which shout out to them because they can help us. But like yeah. for the rest of us, productivity should be a means to the end of being able to be more cre- creative. So like, you know, for us at Vinegar Hill, we ask ourselves the question a lot, like what can we do to streamline what we do to give us more time for the creative work? Right. So anything that you can do to cut down uh, on just the day-to-day maintenance of your life, the running operations of your company if you have one, or if you're a freelancer, like the stuff that you have to do all the time that just starts to eat away your time. Uh, what can you do to streamline that so that you have blocks of undistracted time to focus on being productive in creative ways? If you have any interesting thoughts on productivity or uh, the creative process, be sure to tweet us at New Storytellers. And uh, this is a two-part series, so be sure to come back next week for uh, the part two of this magic carpet ride of inspiration. The eagle has landed.